We look at your appeal rights when your license is challenged and the push to ban our pump action rifles. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Welcome to the Go Music Australia podcast. It's the podcast for Australian shooters. You just want the political interference taken out of shooting. And welcome to Gun News Australia podcast, brought to you by Politics Reloaded. And just a reminder, this is being live streamed on YouTube and Facebook, and will be out as an audio version soon. So, uh, and also, if you're joining us by on YouTube, you'll get to see uh, whenever we post new videos on the channel. So, subscribe to us there on YouTube if you haven't already done so. So, last week we covered bit of scuttlebutt and the NFA, and I think you might have noticed that Sean went a bit quiet on us uh, towards the middle and the end of the uh, video because the internet up there seemed to slow down. And this was, of course, after the storms up there. So uh, we were just trying to unpick that during the week. Um, but hopefully all's well. And I think uh, or I think we're actually due for more storms soon. Now, before we get on to the, the topic, which is appeal rights, I just wanted to cover a story which came up in the last few days which um, you may well have seen. And it was a story that appeared in the major media about pump-action rifles. Now, it was all based around a video that was posted online uh, where somebody was trying to cycle a pump-action rifle. Uh, it was actually a Wedgetail MPR, which is Modern Practical Rifle 308. And they actually they got a fair bit of media attention about that. Now, merits of particular guns aside, I don't know if it's necessarily a wise thing to do that in, in Australia now because we all know what happened with the uh, the lever action uh, shotguns a few years ago when a similar video was posted online and we ended up having uh, the five-shot versions of those moved to Category B and the 10-shots moved to Category D. So uh, hopefully this won't go anywhere. But uh, we can't, we can't um, guarantee it. Now, the story got quite a reaction uh, when we we posted it. It's on Facebook and we had something like 600 reactions, 550 comments, which tells you quite a lot about how shooters feel about the way that these sort of stories come up. The story was started by anti-gun groups and um, particularly Gun Control Australia and the Australia Gun Safety Alliance, um, even though they've never actually run a gun safety course in their lives, uh, and also backed by one of the police associations. So if you haven't seen it, then uh, it's online, it's on our uh, Facebook page. They, it, we just need it to be a reminder, we can't let stories like this slip past. We need to use 2024 as a uh, basic way to get ourselves better organised than we have in the past. Um, otherwise, we're going to find ourselves with the NFA Mark II on a doorstep before we know it. Um, and there were some interesting comments that came up online about the, the publicity. In fact, a guy called Ray Dennis asked, if you just bear with me, asked, how would it allow this type of, this action type of rifle when he was Prime Minister? So has nothing changed? He also said they didn't have a problem with the pump-action rifles in 96, but they're doing now. Good point. Nothing has changed, except, again, the media and the um, politicians become, I guess, obsessed by how guns look and how they some can be operated quickly. I mean, a decent Bold action, as you know, can be cycled just as quickly as, as a pump action. Craig Lindquist actually 
raised uh, another good point, which is there is no military in the world that will send their soldiers into battle with a pump-action rifle. It cannot there be classified as a military-style rifle. Good point. And future just basically, as I said, commented about how they could cycle a bolt action that fast uh, and, and refer to lever actions. So unfortunately, this is a slippery slope, as you know, and we just don't want to see another uh, a lever, lever action shotgun style move uh, on the, the pump actions. Um, you might remember that the lever action started uh, under, the, I think it was the Abbott government, who actually banned the importation of those guns and then they'll, they'll move into different categories after a, a recut of the classifications. Hey fellow shooters, we just wanted to thank you for your support for Gun News Australia. If you're enjoying the show and want to help us continue with great podcasts, why not consider a donation or become a subscriber? You can do both at politicsreloaded.com. Now, the topic for tonight that I wanted to cover is appeal rights. Now, bear in mind we're not uh, lawyers, this is not legal advice, but it's advice based on years of, of experience in helping shooters uh, work to keep their licenses. And if you should, obviously you should get a lawyer if you can afford it, but I'd also note that some lawyers are good at dealing with firearm matters, others are not. And if you're not comfortable or confident with who you choose, find somebody else and they need to have a track record of wins. Now we've seen quite a few in action and it's fair to say that great, some are great, but others we, we simply could not recommend. If you choose a lawyer, they need to know the Firearms Act in your in your your state of territory, because there can be implications. If, for example, you you accept a I'm using an example here a guilt a, a finding guilt without conviction, because in some states that's still enough for you to lose your license. So you need to do that. You need to keep it a relatively clean clean record as possible, because in some states, as I said, having a record of any type, even without conviction, can still be a disqualification from a licence. So we do know some uh, lawyers if you if you, if you you need them. Now, obviously, don't do anything silly in the first place, because uh, that's a good way to lose your licence. But if you're a shooter, you already know that, because you've gone through the hoops to get your licence and to keep your licence. So why could you, how could you lose your licence? What are the things you could lose them for? Uh, obviously, there are. If you do something you know really big and silly, then uh, yes, you're going to lose your license. But we've seen examples where jurisdictions have tried to use speeding fines, old charges. And I'm talking here about decade-old charges of fairly minor matters, so including some marijuana charges, possession of. But the big one, of course, that we get asked about a lot are intervention orders. And they're called different things in different states: apprehended violence orders, intervention orders. But they are ones, and they're difficult to deal with because for those those ones tend to be hardwired in legislation that if you have an intervention order, you will lose your license. There are some jurisdictions though that have the ability for you to apply to have that, uh, that automatic suspension lifted on a case by case basis. Now, if that applies in your state. That's why you need to have a, a lawyer who knows their stuff, because otherwise, if you miss that opportunity, you may not actually be able to use it. Also, we've during COVID, we had some, I think, some interesting stories about people who, 
either had their licenses suspended or uh, threatened to be suspended because they received COVID fines. And there's one example, I'll just uh, talk about it because it actually gives you an example of how uh, something that's actually quite minor, irrelevant, can impact your license. There was a doctor who was under the threat of losing his license because he was going to a farm, which he was entitled to do so. It was his farm. And that was one of the permitted activities under the COVID restrictions. Now, he had been stopped going to the farm on at two roadblocks, remember those, uh, and he was able to, and the police waved him through. But when he, I think he was either returning to the farm the following day or, or coming back, he was stopped again and he was, he was issued with an infringement notice for breaching what they call stage four restrictions. And he and his wife were fined $1,600 each. Now, what happened in that case, he made his case out to say that, hey, he uh, he had he had a permitted reason and the fine should be withdrawn, and it was withdrawn. But the Victoria Police, in, in this particular case, actually, they threatened to uh, suspend his licence. And later on, when, when he had the, when he raised the fact that actually the fine had been withdrawn, the, the advice from Victoria Police was that the uh, warning notification that was given was issued in error. And at the time, the police database had not been updated to reflect the infringement notice withdrawal. But they also still issued with him a warning, which said, please be advised, however, that the incident has been noted and any future adverse actions of a similar nature may result in a further review of your suitability to hold a licence. So this guy had done nothing wrong. He had a permitted reason to go to his farm. The police had issued then him with an infringement in error, and then they withdrew it. He did get an apology from Victoria Police, but it was still issued with a warning, so just, just be aware of, of that. So the other case which comes to mind is the case of Ron Steary in Northern Territory, which we covered quite extensively, and that was his only crime really was to go and help somebody who'd been stabbed. Now, he lost his licence. He, he used his appeal rights, in the Northern Territory, but he got tripped up because of a semicolon issue, which we've covered before. Now, when you get a, I guess, a threat of license suspension or revocation, it's usually by letter. And again, it can be for any reason, but the police have to state what the reason for the suspension or revocation is. And you might even remember the guy in New South Wales who received one notice because he was it showing somebody his uh, his license during a conversation? Um, and he eventually got his license back, but he had to fight to do it. Now, the other way you can lose your license is if you get a knock on the door. And when the police are there, they're going to take your guns off you. Uh, now, just if you are in a, in a position where you are confronted by police, I just want to just digress a little bit by saying there's a school of thought that when the police talk to you, uh, they will probably say, worse the effect that you're not obliged to say anything, as you wish to do so, blah, blah, blah. But whatever you say might be used in evidence. Now, bear in mind that that's actually a warning where to, to the effect the police will say that they, they've got evidence against you, they're investigating you, and the conversation you have with them can be used against you. Now, we've got an article on our website about that has a couple of paragraphs about this and the link to a video which is worth watching. It's about 40 minutes, but it's a law professor who actually talks about 
the dangers of speaking with the police, even though we try to do the right thing and, and we support the police and we want them to we want them to be able to do their jobs, if they're turning their attention to you and you start talking, just bear in mind that that is probably not a great idea. And that's probably when you may want to reach for a lawyer. But certainly don't start volunteering information unless you if you get that warning, because it means that they're, they're, they're actually trying to fill in some blanks. And the next thing will happen is you'll probably get a, a, a charge for some reason. Well, generally speaking, if the police turn up, they will take your guns off you and don't stop them. I mean, obviously, they, but they must have paperwork to support what they're doing. Ask for a receipt. Ask, if they don't give you one, ask the officer in charge to, to, to get you some paperwork for two reasons. One is you need to have a paper trail for where the firearms are, but also you need to have the reason why they're, why they're in, in writing. Now, the... The other example which came up in the past few days you might have seen in the media was Michael Diamond. He lost his licence uh, and it comes from a, a breath test and when, I think he was, had some loose ammunition back in 2017. Now, he went through the various processes to try to get his licence back and he didn't. And he recently uh, lost a case at the New South Wales Civil and Administrative, Administrative Tribunal and unfortunately it didn't go in his favour. And that means he's missing this year's Paris Olympics because of basically minor charges that go back to 2017. That's, I guess, how, why it's important to make sure that if you, don't break the law to begin with, but if you are in trouble, make sure you understand what your rights are. Now, he lost out in this case. I don't know why. I would have thought that these are fairly minor charges that he lost out on, but he lost out on them. Now, uh, although I do I do note here that, in fact, it did say he, he was charged with high-range drink driving, so that may well have been the reason. If you get uh, a letter of suspension or revocation regarding your licence, it's not the end of it there. That letter will usually have uh, something in it talking about a right of review, what your rights are. It's important that you read the letter. It's important that you understand that there are time limits for this. Don't sit on the letter. Don't just put it on the fridge and get around to it in a couple of weeks' time because usually time limits for appeals, usually in the order of 28 days. So you're going to need a few days to actually just find out where you are going to actually send the appeal to. You might need a few days to draft it, get a friend to review it or, or a lawyer to, to review it, and then and send it off because if you let it, if you runs out of time, you may not actually be able to, you, you won't have the right to appeal. You might also forego the ability to be able to have further rights to re review. What I mean by that is if you apply for what they call an internal review and you lose out, you may still have a right to go to a civil and administrative tribunal. And if you lose that, you might have a right to go to a magistrate's court. But if you are too late with one of these, you might actually forego that. Ability. So it's very important that you, that you understand the time limits. So read the paperwork. Don't just put it down. There has been, I think out of the Ron Steri case, I think a lesson also about negotiating a position with the police because the, what happened in his, his case is that he thought he had a negotiated position with the Northern Territory Police in relation to his matter and they reneged. And as a result, he, um, yeah, he lost out because that agreement didn't have the the backing of, of any courts. So if you are aware that you might be facing a suspension revocation, it's quite okay to get your guns into the custody of another license holder or a dealer. 
Now, you might lose your right to possess the guns, but you're not losing your right to own the guns. They're still your property unless they're taken off you by, by court. So it avoids the guns being thrown in the back of the paddy wagon. That's basically why, why it's, uh, it's, it's suggested. This episode of Gun News Australia is brought to you by Politics Reloaded. Make sure you follow our podcast or simply join our email list at politicsreloaded.com. Now, be aware that if you have a if you have a household that has more than one licensee, it's possible that if somebody in that household has a um, problem with their license, then it could affect the other license holders as well. And there was a case in uh, you might remember a guy called David Dunstan in New South Wales who stopped a uh, a guy who was trying to break into his house. It's three o'clock in the morning and he actually the, the guy actually had a I think a knife and a piece of wood with him and David actually went and got his 22. Now he didn't use the 22 he didn't point it at the guy but he had it with him because somebody's trying to break into his house at three o'clock in the morning in, in a country area and to cut a long story short he managed to have the guy handed over to the police nobody was hurt it was all good except David had his license I think suspended but also his wife, who had guns. She was a, they're both farmers. Uh, she had conditions put on her license saying that she couldn't store guns under the same roof as David while he had his license suspended. Now, that was also fixed up. But just understand that you be ready that if, uh, if you have somebody in the household who's got a license who's affected, there is a possibility that it may affect the, the other licenses. And you've got to fight it. Again, just follow follow the bouncing ball. These processes can take quite a long time. They can take some months sometimes to resolve, and whilst that may uh, that that's quite inconvenient and annoying, we'd also we'd like this to be overdone in a, in a week. It's the process is there, but the process works. It's slow. It's very slow, but it works. And and my advice is, don't be don't be don't feel rushed. Do read the paperwork as soon as you get it, and the other thing you might notice is if you appeal, it's not as though you turn up on a on a nomination day, you argue your case and it's over and done with. What usually happens, there'll be things called directions hearings, which will be early, smaller hearings, which will basically set out or the understanding of what are the issues uh, that we're dealing with, who's going to give evidence and so forth. So you'll get these direction hearings before you get to your your main hearing, and often those hearings will be done by way of sub written submissions. So it's not not always, but usually uh, there'll be police will actually write out a submission which says that you know you are a license holder, this is what you did, and this is why they're taking action, and it will give you the opportunity to actually read through and pick out the things that are that are correct or not correct, and, and fight on those points. So yes, it's slow. It's unfortunate, but understand that at least it gets all the all the information that you need on paper, so you can actually then fight it. Because that's if without that, it's difficult to fight. Now, I mentioned internal reviews. Usually, what what will happen? Not always, but usually the the sequence will be that you get a license suspension or revocation. The letter will usually say you've got to write a internal review, which I said it is usually within 28 days and if you lose that now that's usually free there's no charge it's just a matter of just 
writing in and again don't just fob it off it's important you do that because your next port of call may depending on where you are be a tribunal now in the northern territory and victoria have firearm pill tribunals if you're in other states you, you won't have this step you'll have to go to the next step which i'll get onto in a minute but the tribunals are dedicated to firearm license issues and they're low level they're actually quite cheap the victorian one's 47 dollars to, to file a, a matter and away you go it follows this pretty much the similar process to what i've just said now regardless of whether you fail at that stage to get your license back or if you're in another state you can in all cases bar one go to the uh, what they call as a civil and administrative tribunal and they're given different names in different states but they're the, the the back the back part's always the same it's cat so in victoria it's vcat victorian civil admin tribunal in new south wales it's ncat new south wales civil admin tribunal you got wacat uh sat actually uh, state admin tribunal uh in south australia is sacat and qcat in queensland and i think uh, it's similar in northern territory now you can that works in the same way you have to lodge an appeal and you have to make your submissions and yes it will take time to work through it it does not apply in tasmania unfortunately this is one of the problems we have with gun laws in australia in that if you live in tasmania you don't have a tribunal you don't have the civil admin tribunal available so unfortunately these two steps aren't available to you you have to go to the next step which i'll talk about in, in a few minutes when you file at a tribunal what you're asking for is a review of an administrative decision because don't forget these these tribunals also deal with things like planning laws uh, liquor licensing all those other things so they got a whole lot of divisions which deal with a whole lot of different things so but the division that you'll be looking you're, you're interested in is the administrative decision division or whatever it's called you're after a review of an admin decision because it's an administrative decision by the police uh, so again the rule of thumb is that uh, in fact the rule of thumb i'll say is that people who apply usually win obviously don't always and i'm not going to make any promises to that effect but what we find is that when you test the police for the uh, what the, the evidence they're relying on or the basis unless it, it ties back to something that's quite concrete shooters often win so it's not like tv where you just roll up on the on the, the day and uh, in fact what will happen is that after you've lodged your paperwork then you might even get invited to after one of these direction hearings to a mediation that's usually a step to try to short circuit everything but usually there's no there's nothing to mediate because you're already having a dispute with with them now the cost of going to a tribunal they vary quite a lot south australia is the cheapest at $85 then you've got uh, new south wales at 150 western australia is 600 odd you've got uh, queensland 380 and the good thing about northern territory is that their tribunal actually sits within the nt cat and there's no fee as i understand it no fee so if you live in northern territory you've got a free a free run at this i said something about i said that tasmania doesn't have this unfortunately you've got to go to the magistrate's court it's one of the deficiencies in the laws for, for shooters in tasmania and that's you can fight it yourself you can try it yourself but it's going to be quite confusing and hard and you may need might be better off getting a lawyer for that in the act as i understand i stand to be corrected the act has got their own civil admin tribunal and their cost is about just under four hundred dollars so i think 
that's pretty much, um, as I said, this, this uh, broadcast is going to be more towards the half hour. And if you can bear with me, I'm just checking something. If you've got any questions, just pop it in the, uh, the chat and I should be able to pick them up because we get a lot of emails and questions about these, uh, about license suspensions and revocations. So if there's no questions or comments, I would encourage you to check the uh, the article we've got on the website. And uh, as I said, just uh, if you've got half, 40, 40 minutes, watch that video of the law professor talking with the police. Again, this is nothing to be done anti-police. This is simply the, a way to try to, to protect yourself uh, if you ever uh, ask to come in for an interview. So if there is no comment, then I'm going to end it there. So look, I'm going to... I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope um, I hope it was of some help. We are going to be covering in the next few weeks more on the proposed restrictions or the, the bans that the gun control people are looking for for pump-action rifles, but also gun, gun bans generally. We've got an interview with Tasmanian MP coming up, so this is clearly going to be the, the, the appeal rights issue is going to be something that's high on our agenda, uh, and we're also getting a few other things lined up for you so i um and look if, the most important thing you can do if you like these these updates is hop onto our email list if you're not already on it you'll get updates when they become available it'll mean that we'll be able to get our reach to a bigger audience and it's that simple so join our um, email list now at our website and get your mates to do the same and it's completely free so i hope that was helpful thank you very much and we'll see you later Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and that you're on our email list. And don't forget to check the episode notes because that's where you'll find out how you can support us. Plus, let us know if you want something promoted on the podcast. Maybe you've got a shoot coming up that you want to promote. Just let us know. We'll see you at our next episode of Gun News Australia, brought to you by Politics Reload.